Hey, TYT, I am Nomi Konst. You may have been following the news that we've been covering over the last few months involving Governor Andrew Cuomo from New York. Uh, He has gotten himself into a little bit of a hot water. Uh, This is the governor who was known for banning fracking in New York State. Uh, His chief aide, a man named Joseph Prococo, who was once, he once called his third brother, uh, the, thir- the third son, excuse me, of Mario Cuomo, his father. He is now on trial for a bribery scheme involving a frack gas power plant. We have the one and the only actor, James Cromwell, activist, who uh, you may recall was out there protesting a frack gas power plant in upstate New York a few months ago. Well, that power plant is at the center of this trial. Who knew all the pieces would be coming together? And and uh, James has been out there protesting in front of the courthouse and is going to give us some great updates. So thank you so much for taking the time and, and speaking with us. Uh, my pleasure. And thanks for having me. What first got you interested in this issue around fracking? Uh, because I live here. Because I live not within sight of the plant, about 10 miles from the plant. Um, also because... It's an egregious uh, attack on our well-being, our health and safety, uh, the viability of this community. Uh, it is uh, unnecessary, impractical, uh, deleterious, and it's also uh, a, an emblematic of a corrupt process. Uh, corruption is the cause of our climate crisis. But then it's the cause of practically all our crises, the opioid crises, uh, the healthcare crises, the the budget crisis. Everything is because we have a pay-to-play system in this country in which politicians pay attention to their donors and not to the people who elect them. If Governor Cuomo would pay attention to the people of New York that he partially served in getting a moratorium, not a ban, a moratorium on fracking, which I think the great majority of New Yorkers appreciated, he would have followed it up with his energy plan. But his energy plan is really focused around these gas-fired power plants. And that is because they represent so much money into his uh, coffer for his election, hopefully for him, not for us as president of the United States. Um, That's why he's sort of lying low, and that's what it's all about. So there's a lot to unpack here because it is it's yeah. it, it starts with um, you were you were involved in the campaign to ban fracking in New York. Uh, of course, you said it's a moratorium, not a ban. Um, many of our our friends of TYT were involved. Uh, Josh Fox. Yeah. Uh, there was artists against fracking that toured around the state, followed Andrew Cuomo wherever he went with with uh, signs and and he even said that those protests were very hard for him to ignore. And yes. and the public pressure worked. But yes. for those who follow New York politics closely and Andrew Cuomo's uh, behaviors, he uh, there's always an if there's always some some small print like it's not always a complete ban or a complete uh, progressive move. There's always a little bit of of an agenda attached there. What led to this frack gas power plant deal? Like, how did this come out of? Um, after corruption. that moratorium, corruption. Yeah, like what, what led to the corruption? Well, it started a long time ago, basically, when this company that is building this plant, CPV, they have a modus operandi, which is basically uh, to bribe 
as many people as they can in order to uh, grease the rails, the regulatory uh, commissions, uh, the permit uh, applications, and the the weight of the state bodies, the legislature, the governor, whatever it takes to get behind this. We have learned a great deal more now about fracking than we knew when we imposed the ban on fracking wells in New York. We now understand that the problem begins at the wellhead, but it goes all the way through the transmission, all the way through the compressor stations and to these plants. The plant itself is the head of the snake. They sold this plant basically to New York as a way to shut down Indian Point. Uh, that to replace the electricity that New York was going to lose by closing down an antiquated and obsolete nuclear power plant on the Hudson River and being able to provide it with ostensibly clean energy from uh, they call natural gas. As it turns out, natural gas is probably the most polluting and the most climate-affecting gas energy source that we could use. So this process began, and of course, they enlisted, um, uh, CPV enlisted the, a, a lobbyist, and this lobbyist engaged Mr. Prococo, and Mr. Prococo began the process of taking what he called ZITI, which is payments by the corporation. Yeah, it comes from the Sopranos, and it fits perfectly, especially when you see him. So using money and finding ways to uh, launder that money so it was not uh, taggable as being either related to Cuomo and the energy policy and whatever he might do on a governmental level. You know, it's only a telephone call to a regulatory agency to get them to understand that that's the process, if you can see it in, in technicolor in the Trump White House. That's how business is done. He could, he could end DACA right now if he would do a standalone. He knows that he's using it for political purposes. And it's the same with Cuomo. Cuomo never does anything that does not have a payoff for him personally in his ambition to be president of the United States. So this went on, and there was a great deal of money exchanged, $250,000 when you combine CPV and this power plant in New Jersey. So we're talking about a lot of money. And it caught the attention of Preet Barrera, the, the former US, US attorney, attorney, yes, the former U.S. attorney in New York, and Preet uh, had a magnificent case, um, and he's an incredible prosecutor. Um, I hope I've only seen one day of the trial. I hope uh, his uh, associates are as good as he is, um, because this is this is a trial. If this trial does not bring a guilty verdict and expose the corruption that led to this power plant, this is going to be repeated over and over in every state that CPV has its eye on, California, Maryland, um, West Virginia. These are all opportunities for them to turn America into an energy producing country at the cost of the locality, of the health of the people, of the climate in general, of our viability as a species on this planet. It is because we have been captured by the, the corporations, uh, the oil and gas industry. We are, we whole, whole states are basically run by the policies dictated by these corporations. I find it interesting, and, and maybe we don't know the answer to this, uh, but, but 
as a strategy, it, it seems so odd that they would start this process in New York. CPV would go to a Democratic state that had a moratorium on fracking with one of the most, um, the most active and organized and well-known group of activists fighting against fracking. To me, it just seems strategically stupid. Why wouldn't they go to a red state like Oklahoma or, or even, you know, Maryland, which has a Republican governor? Why wouldn't they start there? Well, that's a magnificent question. Now, there are a number of answers. One is its proximity to the fracking fields in Pennsylvania. One is the market. New York City is the second largest market for fracked gas in the world. So we have, we have, uh, now, they, of course, are not interested principally in providing power for New York City. They're not even interested in providing gas for home heating and cooking in apartments in New York. That's only the very, very top. What they're interested in is being able to justify the transshipment of fracked gas to someplace like in Canada, where they have liquef liquefaction plants that can turn this gas into a liquid to be transported to Asia and to Europe, where they get six times more for it than they do in the local market. That's where the real money is to be made. But the, you can't sell that to the people of New York. Now, it is interesting that they did choose a state that had just banned fracking. But they must have known something about the ambitions of the governor that would allow them to say, if we, if we um, give him enough incentive, uh, he will do what is expeditious for us because it's a quid pro quo. That's what the pay to play is. The first time they pay in, they they just just do it for um, you know on a on a, a whim. I mean on a on a wish that they get what they want. If they start to do it a second time, it means you gave them what they wanted. Now, what's interesting is that the organizations, not all of them, but many of what we call the big greens. Once they accomplished this moratorium, which they immediately turned into a supposed ban to reassure people that this had the force of law behind it, they sort of withdrew into their own issues and their own agendas. Large NGOs operate by having access to power. And when they make a deal, it is a quid pro quo. If you give us a fracking ban, we can call a ban. We will lay off the construction of CPV, which you need to sell to the people, the power brokers in New York, as an alternative to Indian Point. So you get Indian Point, you get what you want, and we get what we want. And I think the big greens in some way, in many ways, are complicit in this, even those that have now changed their mind and now recognize that fracked gas is the most polluting energy source we could have. So if, if this trial, uh, which it, we're in the middle of the trial right now, yeah. uh, the prosecution, I believe, is is going to be... Um, redirect uh, now. Redirect, yes, the, the next, this coming week. Yeah. If, say, there is some something damning, so far it's been revealing, it's been, um, there's been some, some in, crazy events that have happened, including uh, one of the key witnesses uh, was for prosecution, admitted something else on the stand and was arrested for, for 
fraudulent activity and is now in oh. jail while he and while he's not in jail, he goes and testifies. That's Todd True. Howe. Um, yeah. And and some of that is is for the defense. It's a way to delegitimize um, his character. To 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 he already had character issues. It's reinforcing his character issues. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of games that happen in these type of trials. These types of trials. <laughs> so, who knows where this is going to go? But let's look at two scenarios. Say uh, Prococo is found guilty. What happens next? Say he's found well, innocent. What happens next? Yeah. If he's found guilty, then the responsibility lies with Governor Cuomo to uh, substantiate and to uh, carry forward the idea that this plant was basically built by through corruption and bribery, and therefore the entire permitting process and the regulatory agencies involved have to take another look at whether it was justified and whether the 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 downside justified. Uh, the permission that they gave it to be built in the first place. Now, that would be the correct thing to do. And I think with the information that people have, there are incredible experts who now understand what the cost of this plant is going to represent in, in health costs to the people of New York, which is per year, the almost as much as it costs to build the plant. Uh, but we're, what How this plant is going to contribute, it actually raises by 10% the amount of greenhouse gases admitted by the state of New York by 10%. We now use more fracked gas than we have ever used. So whereas we have this moratorium, we are importing more gas. That's how they do it. They hook everybody, all local ratepayers, into being dependent just the same way with Oxycontin. You just get, it's in your house. Then, of course, you can't say, well, we should shut that plant down. Well, what am I supposed to do now? I need this. I need the gas. I need these pipelines. I need the I need the electricity. And there's no other way to get it. So it goes forward. They have the plan to make three a plan to make 300 of these plants all over the country. Each one of those fracking wells, this plant alone, used necessitates 150 new wells every year. That's for 40 years of its life cycle. That means that every one of those fracked wells has got to be connected by pipeline to a compressor station, local compressor station, which begins the process of the transshipment of this gas through pipelines, which go through people's property, which is taken by eminent domain if they refuse to sell, goes to other compressor stations, finally to a, a fracked gas power plant where it is burned and all the pollution and the radon and the tooling and the benzene and the fugitive methane, natural gas is mostly methane. And methane is an 86 times more potent greenhouse gas um, uh, creator than CO2. So I think if the, if the American public knew this because of what occurs when he is found guilty, Mr. Coco and Mr. Uh, Kelly are found guilty, then the whole edifice will crumble. If he is found innocent, this whole process is going to be replicated in almost every state of the union. California has a, a fracking field, a shale field that is four times as large as the Marcella shale field. And you know how, and of course it creates earthquakes when they re-inject this water back. So if Oklahoma is now the earthquake capital of the world, California only needs one. 
San Andreas goes and it's goodbye, California. Not to make us less hopeful. (laughs) After that. <laughs> um, my, my, my other question is, and, and maybe we don't know this either, uh, what's stopping, I hate to even put this out there into the universe, what's stopping Donald Trump from just signing some executive order and, and opening up the entire United States to, to just not going state by state, but giving the executive the power to, to oh, allow he these, will. he will. Well, he's already done it. He's opened up the Arctic natural, uh, animal refuge. He's opened up the coastline on both coasts, which a lot of cities are now trying to stop. Uh, So he will, they will frack this country until America looks like Eastern Poland. However, that's what we have going at the moment. We We have a crisis in our democracy. People can no longer simply sit back and choose not to vote, and choose not to get engaged, and choose not to to walk the street in a protest, and choose not to write letters, and choose not to sign petitions, but it won't work anymore. This is our revolution. That's what Bernie meant. This is our revolution. This is what it looks like. That's why we're doing it. We're doing it not only because all of this entire process is corrupt. We're doing it because our democracy is at stake. We are losing our democracy because of this corruption. And just like with guns, so that some representative can say, if America is going to get a handle on its gun violence, Americans are going to have to be willing to give up certain rights and privileges. The government is going to have to get into your health records. It's going to get into your child's education and the letters that come from school we're going to have to begin to spy on each other, which is basically what that, you know, if you see, tell, whatever that policy is. So now is the time. We can win this. The people have the power. The corporations are paper tigers. It's what Mount. Mm, yes. Paper tigers. All you have to do is, there's a wonderful documentary called Abacus, um, small enough to, it's a, a bank in Chinatown in New York which was taken on by uh, Cyrus Vance and, and the attorney general's office. And it was a scam because they didn't dare take on the big banks. But those people, that family, the Song family, fought them for five years. Yes, it cost them $10 million. They had $10 million. But they beat Cyrus Vance and the government. We can beat Donald Trump and the Interior Department and the, the, what he's made out of the EPA. We can win this thing. Thanks for leaving us hopeful. <laughs> I was, I was ready. <laughs> so I, I completely agree with you. And this is one of the things that I like to reinforce when I go out there and talk to people across America who are involved in their communities. Um, we've been here before. I mean, this is ultimately it. You look back a hundred years ago and you had monopolies, you had corruption, you had Tammany Hall, and somehow through many revolutions, we were able to get over that moment. And, and the stakes, I think, are higher now, but I do think that people are much more informed, active, engaged, yep. and, and the movements are spreading faster. And so uh, we thank you, James, yeah. for, for, for being out there on the front lines, for using your megaphone, your voice, uh, for fighting for us, and for informing us about this, because it is something that amidst the trial, um, the, 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 the actual issue is being sometimes lost in the noise right. of the corruption. And right. I think it's really important to keep our eyes on what's important here and what's at stake. 
and that a Democratic governor was really selling their pe- his people who voted for him on this issue, selling them out, literally selling them out for his own exactly. ambition. So thank you, James. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank the Young Turks. Uh, incredible. I wish everybody in the country joins the Young Turks. That's that's the horse's mouth, as, as far as I'm concerned. That's why I get heard because of you. Thank you personally for being here and doing that. And I would exhort everybody to go to protectorangecounty.org on the internet and our our Facebook page on Protect Orange County and find out what they can do. There are petitions, there are rallies, there are letters to be written. Uh, we may have to up our game as this goes forward, uh, but we can do it. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Bless your heart.